You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. On today's show, we are going to talk Delta for options trading. And really, this kind of spurred out of a question that came from our membership community where someone basically just asked, they said, look, you know, I want to, you know, hear a little bit more talk about, you know, Delta. It seems to be one of the Greeks that we use a little bit more. And although we did a podcast and I don't have the number right in front of me right now, but although we did a podcast before on all of the different option Greeks, which you can go back and listen to, today we're going to focus on, again, Delta, because it does seem to be the one that that really is is a huge component of, of how we trade options. It's used in many different facets. And I think having a solid understanding of how Delta works would really help out as far as you know your ability to assess both your portfolio and maybe which option contracts you should get into or out of at any particular time. So I want to go through a couple different, you know, basic level stuff and then start getting a little bit more advanced as we talk specifically about Delta today, because I think it'll help out. As always, if you guys want to check out the show notes, we'll have kind of a recap of what we're talking about here and you can download the transcript and use it and read it with you as you go. Uh, you can head on over to optionalpha.com slash show 117. I will also have some links up there to videos that help explain it in case you don't want to learn through audio today and you want more of a visual representation. So again, optionalpha.com slash show 117. So, all right, so let's basically just review Delta and get an indication of you know what it is at the very basic level and then start working out. So Delta is one of the Greeks that we see in options trading. And most of the, the four main Greeks really are Delta, Gamma, Theta, and Vega. And we've covered these before in the past, but Delta is the one that we you know tend to focus on, or people tend to focus on a lot. Here is all Delta tells us. And again, in options pricing, it doesn't predict where the market's going to go. So the common misconception here is that a Delta or a Theta or a Vega is going to predict where the market goes. It's not. It just tells you how that option contract will react in pricing to different market scenarios. So basically, if you pull one lever versus another lever, if the stock goes up or down or you know time passes or doesn't, how does that impact the option contract? And it just helps people, I guess people who actually look at it, because I don't think most traders actually look at it, helps most traders understand again just what happens to their contract as you know certain market situations change. So Delta tells us simply if the position is going to go, if the option contract that we're trading is going to go up or down by a $1 change in the stock. Okay, so again, the Delta number is exactly how much that option price will change if the stock moves up by a dollar. So if the stock goes up by a dollar and we have an option contract that has a delta of say 0.5, then the option price will increase by 50 cents or $50, okay? So if we have a delta of an option contract that has 0.3, that means that if the stock moves up by a dollar, then that option contract should increase, all things being equal, right? Should increase by 0.3, so another $30. And again, this is a very simple representation of how the option contract will move with the market. Now, in this case, we're assuming that nothing else happens, meaning that the move 
basically happens, you know, almost instantly or in the same day. If the move takes, you know, 25 days to happen, then we start having to factor other things in like theta decay and vega decay, et cetera, et cetera, right? But we're just assuming, you know, all that other stuff uh, doesn't really relate right now. What happens if the con- if the stock goes up by a dollar? On the opposite end though, if the, we are holding a contract that has a negative delta, in which case that's usually put options. Put options always have negative delta because if the stock goes up, then that's bad for the put option. And we're just specifically talking about long contracts at this point, right? But if you have, let's say, a put option that has a negative delta of 0.5, that means if the stock goes up by a dollar and you're long a put option, that's not good for you and your contract should go down in value by 0.5, right? And so you can see how everything is related to this $1 move. And so that's really the key to understanding delta, at least on this level, is just knowing what type of contract you have. Really, where do you want the market to go? Are you long a put, long a call? Short a put, short a call, right? How do you want the market to to react? And then looking at that delta to see what type of movement your contract could have relative to a dollar move. Now, in most cases, if the stock, let's say, goes up by $10 and you have a delta of 0.5, you're looking at that delta or that contract to increase in value by $5, basically. Now, again, that's assuming everything else remains the same. And if you have a negative delta of 0.5, right? And you have a long put option and the contract goes up by $10. Well, the contract will go down by $5, but if it didn't have enough value there anyway, it would basically just go to zero. So if your contract had, you know, $4 of value when you bought it and the stock goes up by $10 and you're still long that put option, then it would just go down to zero. So it wouldn't go beyond that. You wouldn't, you know, have a negative value and, you know, premium in that contract. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. I know it's a lot of moving parts, but it actually is pretty simple to understand where Delta is and and how it relates to the actual stock price. Now, one of the things that you can do if you're thinking about Delta is to, and this is how I thought about it initially before you kind of really get into it and get away from the stock side of it. But if you think about Delta as the equivalent number of shares that you're holding in that security, it helps to simplify the concept of how pricing works. So let's say that you had a Delta of 0.3 and it was a positive 0.3 Delta. Well, that's basically the equivalent of holding 30 shares, right? A delta of one, exactly one, would be the equivalent of holding stock, 100 shares of stock. And so if you think about delta in the framework of holding equivalent number of shares, again, that helps you understand that price movement that you might see in the option contract based on where the stock goes in the future. Another thing that we can do to think about Delta is think about it in the reverse. So everything that we've talked about generally now has been option buying. So positive deltas when you're long calls, negative deltas when you're long puts. But it does become a little bit more complicated when you start switching it over and you start doing option selling, which is what we mainly teach here at Option Alpha. So when you look at option selling, then you have to just reverse your thinking just slightly a little bit in how you think about Delta. So if you have, let's say, a short call option that truly has a delta of, say, 0.3, well, even though that option contract still will go up in value if the stock rises, because you're selling that call option, you're still bearish on the market. So even though the delta of that contract says it will increase in value, that's not necessarily what you want to happen. So a positive 0.3 delta in the case of option selling tells us 
that were exposed to bear or to bullish movements in the underlying stock. So if we're selling a call option and it's got a 0.3 delta, that tells us that really we're exposing ourselves to basically, you know, 30 shares of, you know, equivalent holding value or, or risk if the stock rises. Now, if we've got a 0.2 delta selling call options, it means that we're not as exposed to a huge run in the stock. I Meaning if the stock runs up or makes a dollar move higher, then we don't have as much exposure as if we had the 30 delta call options. So again, it's just a little bit of a tweak in how you think about it, how you, you know, it represents your position, and then ultimately how you, you know, might balance out a portfolio. So let's get over now to kind of looking at delta on a little bit more of a options trader mindset. So we've really kind of talked about, you know, just really what is Delta? How does it work? How does it, you know, change with the market or how does it represent change in the market? But now let's talk about the two concepts that I think are are probably the most important that you can use for Delta when it comes to options trading. The first concept is using Delta as a rough probability for the likelihood that the stock is going to be in the money at expiration. So I'll say it again because I kind of fumbled through because it's early in the morning here, but So Delta can be used as a rough approximate for the probability that a stock lands in the money. So let's use an example. Let's say that we have a stock that's trading and we see that the call options, it doesn't matter what it is. So I'm not even going to use strikes because it doesn't matter. But let's say that a call option has a Delta of 0.3. Well, that 0.3 could give you a rough approximate that there's a 30% chance that stock lands in the money at that strike price. So again, it's not always 100% accurate in the case of calculating probabilities, but it's a good benchmark in case your broker platform, in many cases, I think a lot of broker platforms actually don't calculate probabilities these days. So if your broker platform doesn't calculate probabilities, you can use Delta as a rough approximate for probability of that stock landing in the money at the strike price. So again, if there's a stock a call option that has a 0.3 delta, it basically means there's a 30% chance that the stock lands in the money and there's a 70% chance that the stock lands out of the money and never gets that strike price by expiration. So when you're selling options, you can use these deltas as a quick check or approximate representation of how likely you'll be to be successful selling those contracts. Selling a 30 delta call option gives us about a 70% chance of success. I'm not including break-even prices and credits and stuff like this, right? And selling a 20 delta call option gives us about a 20 per, or an 80% chance of success, about a 20% chance of failure. So again, it's very simple, very quick, easy to understand. And actually, the way that we built out our options trading software and our toolbox software is we relied on deltas because it gives us a better representation and more firm representation of where to sell and buy contracts. And frankly, the the data was a lot more reliable on that end. So using deltas in that case to build out contracts and build out strategies is something that we do often. We'll often say, and maybe you've heard in some of our training, you know, to build out a strangle, you want to sell the 15 delta call and the 15 delta put option, right? So now you know that basically gives us those two you know, targets to shoot for, how far out, what strike prices to use to build out a strategy that might win 70% of the time. Now, the cool thing about Delta is that it's not constant, right? So it is changing, and this is why we can use it for probabilities because it is basically something that gets reacted or, or is reacting to the market environment. So 
as time remaining until expiration grows shorter, meaning we get closer to the expiration date of those contracts, the time value or the extrinsic value of that option contract starts to evaporate, right? So we know that, you know, look, when we have 200 days to go until expiration versus two days, that drastically changes the pricing of that contract. So as time starts to expire and we start to get closer to expiration, the delta of in-the-money options starts to increase and starts to match up or come closer to just long stock, right? So now it doesn't have to react as much to time value or volatility value. It starts to trade and react closer and closer to how the regular stock would trade because at that point, anything in the money at expiration converts to stock, right? If you're in the money and you've got a call option that's in the money, it basically converts to shares of stock if you go through that ex- exercise and expiration process. So at the same time, then these out of the money contracts start to see their delta values decrease dramatically, right? Because time is running out. They don't have a lot of opportunity to make money or it requires a huge move in the underlying market. So the delta value goes down, which again, in the options trading world, using Delta for probabilities as a rough estimate, this all makes sense because as you get closer to expiration, the likelihood that that contract, if you have a call option and it's in the money, the likelihood that that contract expires in the money starts to become greater and greater. If it's already in the money and there's two days to go, it's probably a good chance that it stays in the money, right? And same thing on the out of the money call option. So if you have an out of the money call option and you're getting closer to expiration, right? That call option is less and less likely to be hit. So the delta value goes down, which also represents that there's a lower probability that the market rallies to that strike price or beyond that strike price by expiration. In the same vein as time decay, as volatility starts to change, that also impacts extrinsic value of these contracts which then impacts the deltas, right? So this is all kind of like working in harmony together. And I know it's still a lot of moving parts, but you'll try to follow along with me because I think it it does make logical sense if you think about it. But as volatility increases, so as we see implied volatility increase, which again, is just the expectation of future movement, not actual future movement, just market participants assuming that the stock is going to be more volatile than not in the future. As this goes up, it causes deltas of out-of-the-money options to increase. Now, again, why does this happen? Well, because market participants are assuming that the stock is going to make a big move. We just don't know in which direction, right? We assume that the stock is going to make a big move. Maybe yesterday we didn't think it was going to move anywhere. Market participants didn't think it was going to move anywhere. So if that's the case, then deltas of -of out-of-the-money options increase. And this means that they put more weight on these out-of-the-money options because there's maybe a higher chance that they get hit now. So if you had an option contract that was $10 out or $15 out of the money, now if there's some big announcement or some big move expected, now those contracts are back on the playing field to some degree. So it causes the delta of these options to increase. And if you use probabilities, then it causes the probability of them to go in the money to also increase. Okay. So that's why when you think about option selling, we don't want implied volatility to increase necessarily as option sellers, because that causes us to temporarily, in most cases, have these paper losses because there's this expectation that the stock is going to run in one direction or another, and these out-of-the-money contracts get bid up and they increase in value. Now, in the same vein, if you have an in-the-money option contract, you're going to see that in-the-money option contract go down in value. And most people see this as maybe a threat in some cases to 
option, you know, buying or selling, however you look at it, because as implied volatility increases, now your surefire, you know, like sure thing contract that was in the money, if you're an option buyer, now becomes threatened. Now, maybe because implied volatility increases and we're expecting a big move in the stock, it might actually move against you. So that's why you start to see these changes in delta values that relate to both time, theta decay, and also volatility, which is Vega, so the other Greek. So again, they all kind of work together and kind of showing or representing how the stock might move in the future based on all these different levers being pulled. But hopefully this gives you a little bit better of an understanding of, you know, just like how Delta kind of moves with these two factors. Because I know people get sometimes confused about this, and, and I think that that hopefully was a good representation of it. So the other major way that we use Delta uh, for options trading is really with calculating our portfolio balance. So what you can do is you can do a beta weighting curve or you can do beta weighted deltas. It really doesn't matter which one you ultimately choose, but using Delta and having Delta available on your broker platform gives you a good representation of maybe how balanced or unbalanced your portfolio might be as a whole. So what we often talk about here at Option Alpha is having you know, kind of one real big target to shoot for. And what we use is SPY, which is the standard and poor's, you know, ETF, kind of like smaller contract, very liquid, highly traded. We use it as kind of our benchmark to beta weight our portfolio. And when you do this, you basically say, okay, look, you know, software, and I'm like talking like I'm talking to the software, but you say, you know, basically broker platform, take all of my positions and translate them or show me what it would look like had all those positions been one big, large position in the SPY or whatever benchmark index you're going to use. So the the software basically, and most broker platforms can do this. Some can't, but most can. They basically take all of your deltas and the betas of those underlying stocks and convert them to one big SPY position. It says, hey, look, if you had an entire portfolio that was just SPY, here's what it would look like. And the beauty of doing this is that you get one benchmark to look at. You can basically say, look, if I'm looking at the S&P, if the S&P goes up by 100 points or down by 100 points, whatever the distribution of profits ends up being, I should generate money on my portfolio. So I might lose on this trade and win on this trade if the market goes down. I might have that reversed if the market goes up. But in either case, whether I lose on trade A or win on trade A, lose on trade B, win on trade B, the combination of whatever I've got in my portfolio should generate money or not, however your portfolio curve looks, should generate money if the S&P stays in this range or if the S&P goes here or here, right? So that's how we use, and that's, I think, the probably the biggest utility for Delta is having the ability to beta weight these Deltas to a benchmark. So when you actually do this, you have to, again, understand what Delta is, and that gets back to the, that kind of basic understanding of it. So let's say that you beta weight your portfolio and your portfolio has a beta weighted delta of say seven, right? And so what that means is that for every $1 that the S&P goes up, it's estimated that your portfolio actually makes $7, okay? So that's how you want to use this. You want to use it to show you how you're tilted. In that case, you would be tilted a little bit bullish. You'd have some bullish exposure in your portfolio because if the market goes up, it looks like that's generally good for your portfolio. Now, again, you might have positions that lose if the market goes up, but it seems like you'll have more positions with a beta weighted delta of seven. You'll have more positions that actually generate money versus the positions you lose. 
Now, again, this is representational of your portfolio. So I get all the time people asking me questions and submitting questions. What should my beta weighted deltas be? Well, you know, it should always be zero. Should always be, you know, a hundred. Should it be a thousand? And it's going to be representational of your portfolio size. So if you've got a large portfolio, a beta, a beta weighted delta of say seven is not going to be that much, right? It's not going to be, you know, not going to be insanely, insanely high. If you have a small portfolio that might be high for you, right? You know, making seven or eight dollars per dollar move up in the in the market might be, you know, pretty high, right? I, I don't know what it is for you. But I think it just gives you again a guidepost to look at, like one single guidepost to say, okay, where am I tilted right now? Maybe what positions can I get into? What positions can I adjust? How do I need to look at my portfolio? What I see in coaching a lot is we do beta weighted deltas for somebody during a coaching session and it's, you know, dramatically lower, dramatically higher. And just giving yourself the ability to look at that and to really reflect on that for a minute helps you then build out more positions or remove positions that are risky from your portfolio and try to give yourself more balance. What I try to do in my own trading is be as balanced to the market as humanly possible all the time. Now, it's always a constant moving target. It's never going to be something that I, I that you attain because the market's always moving, which is great. It gives us something to continuously shoot for, but it helps us understand where our portfolio is tilted. So if my beta weighted deltas are insanely high, I know that I need to add some you know bearish exposure to my portfolio. Maybe I'm overexposed in a in a bull market move, which in some cases can be good if the market moves your direction, but in other cases it you know kind of can be inhibiting if the market goes down. So you need to add bearish exposure to your portfolio. So hopefully this helps out today. I know that we kind of touched on a lot of topics. Deltas and Greeks and all this stuff is is sometimes insanely hard to comprehend and especially in audio format. But I know that for me it's it's sometimes helpful to listen to it maybe one or two different ways and kind of reinforce these concepts. So as always, like I said, if you want to go to opshoff.com slash show 117, we'll link up in the show notes to a couple other videos that we have on the Greeks. We've also done a couple other podcasts on it. So there's definitely some good training in there for you guys. And of course, all of that's available for free so you can understand how this stuff works and ultimately make smarter trades. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hey, what's up, Kirk? Love the show. I was just curious if you have any recommendations or suggestions on profit loss visualization APIs, plugins, or code that we can use inside of Thinkorswim. I'm familiar with the risk profile chart that is available in Thinkorswim, but I was looking for something that can be overlaid on top of the underlying candlestick chart. The closest example I have is the option visualization spread that's available in TC2000. Do you have any recommendations on anything like that that can be overlaid on top of the candlestick chart in real time for Thinkorswim or any additional tools that we can use? Any helps appreciated. Thanks. All right. So, hey, Max, thanks so much for submitting the question. And again, it's really just kind of asking, like, is there any overlays to TOS or plugins for visualizing payoff diagrams? Unfortunately, and I, I hate to even like use this question on the podcast, but I do want to answer your guys' questions, whatever the, the answer ends up being. So I don't think that there's 
much out there that I've seen. I actually did a couple of Google searches. I posted on forum, you know, just to see, you know, is there anything out there that we're missing? And I didn't really get anything back. So I don't think there's anything that overlays like TOS or, or does the TOS overlay for visualizing payoff diagrams. I know that some guys have built out software and or not software, but they built out basically Excels that basically download data. But that becomes expensive, honestly, to download data every single day or export data from the market and then start building out visualization payoff diagrams. I think Tastyworks does a, a decent job of building out a visualization payoff diagram when you start building out a trade. That's probably one of the better ones for building trades and visualizing the payoff diagram that way. But you can also do that inside Thinkorswim in the Analyze tab, which I think is probably the best way to do it if you don't have or don't have a need to add some sort of third-party integration or API integration to your software. So I'm sorry I couldn't be more helpful on this, but again, I just want to answer everyone's questions that they submitted. And we're doing these, you know, kind of first come first serve as we, you know, do do our weekly and daily call podcast. So again, even if you have a question, I'll make sure that I don't skip it. So if you want to leave a message over at optionalpha.com slash ask, just click the big red button in the middle of screen, leave me a private voicemail or message, or shoot us a question on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you want to connect with us. We're pretty much everywhere at optionalpha.com. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to talk about a new trade that we're getting into here in XLE. And XLE is an energy sector ETF. And the reason that we're getting into this right now at the time of this recording is because XLE has been on a huge run. In fact, if you look at basically most of the oil and energy related sectors right now, they've been on a huge run. Uh, XLE has moved from basically 69 up to 75 in about two weeks, which is a pretty big run for a large ETF like this. Now, the reason that we started looking at this is because we started to get alerts from our software about the technicals being overbought, meaning the technical signals that we use from our signals research, we're starting to see that you know maybe this might be a good time to do something in XLE. Again, an overbought signal does not necessarily mean that the stock or ETF is going to reverse and go down, just that the pace at which it's going to go higher is going to stall or fail, and it's going to start trading more sideways to down. So always you know keep that in the back of your mind. It's not necessarily it's going to totally reverse, but it's that, that pace, that momentum that it has. The parabolic move, if you actually look at a stock chart right now, is probably not going to last. And we know that this is to be true. It's just having enough patience and enough confidence to actually place a trade in front of this. So even though the stock is trading right now at about 75 or so, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to end up selling a call credit spread on this security. So implied volatility is around 37 rank, which is not insanely high, but it's not low by any stretch either. So we're not going to do a debit spread. We're going to do an option selling strategy, which also gives us a little bit of wiggle room in case we're wrong. It gives us basically about a $2 and a $2.5 wiggle room in case we're wrong, which is honestly the beauty of using technicals and options trading is you can use technicals, make an assumption about you know where a stock might be going in the future, but then give yourself room to be wrong and still make money. And you can't do that with stocks or futures, et cetera. You can't you know make an assumption and say, well, if it goes up by $2, I don't want to lose anything. I still want to make money. It doesn't work that way when you actually trade stocks and future contracts. So in this case, like I said, XLE is trading at about 75, we're selling the contracts that are about one month out, a little over one month, about one month out, which are the February 77 calls, and then the February 79 calls we are going to buy 
and create this $2 wide credit spread. So for doing this, we collect a premium of about 50 cents or so. And so I think that's a good position because again, it gives us about a two and a half dollar buffer. So our break even price is about 77 and a half. The stock is trading at 75. So even though we think that the technicals are suggesting that XLE is going to roll over, if it doesn't roll over and it ends up rallying a dollar, we make money. If it ends up rallying $2, we make money. If it ends up rallying two and a half dollars, We'll break even on this thing and even though we are completely wrong, give ourselves some sort of cushion in case you know the technicals fail us in this case, right? And so when we look at deltas now, the delta of that 77 call is basically a 0.3 delta. So if you think about, you know, maybe the probability of success on this thing, it's probably at least 70%, right? Or at least on the outside, it's about a 70% chance of success. So we're selling the 0.3 delta call and then we're just going $2 out to buy some, you know, fairly cheap protection against that and we don't want to do this thing naked on the call side with uh such a huge run up. Maybe it does continue to run up, who knows, but we're going to do this and do, you know, a couple contracts but do it risk to find. So again, we're using kind of deltas as our maybe trigger to find what short strike we want to use to kind of set and pin our probability of success and then building a trade off of that. So hopefully it helps out and kind of you know, goes along the lines of what we were talking about today and kind of using deltas for probabilities and starting to use them for building out option strategies. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as always and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, like I said, you can get additional show notes, some additional videos that we're going to link up in the show notes at optionalpha.com slash show 117. Again, that's just the number 117, optionalpha.com slash 117. Until next time, happy trading.